Hello and welcome to Engagement Express, the new podcast series for HR engagement and communication professionals. Here we are at episode 14, where I'll be giving you inspiration and tips on how to increase engagement in your organizations. My name is Katie Siche and I'm an internal communications consultant who's worked with many well-known global brands to support their colleague engagement strategies. Join me every fortnight to hear more about the things you should be reviewing and doing regularly to increase engagement. So who owns engagement? When it comes to organisational engagement, the facilitators for that engagement are found throughout the company. However, in most instances, there are usually just two departments that spring to mind, HR, Human Resources and IC, Internal Comms. In the game of engagement, these two players are usually positioned as the proprietors, with other parts of the business classifying themselves as onlookers or bystanders. The two groups are even sometimes pitted against one another if engagement is deemed to be below par. One might accuse HR of not putting in place a range of benefits that was enticing enough to attract, retain and satisfy employees. On the flip side, one might say that internal channels are not up to scratch or that messages are weak and not interesting enough. But what of the not-so-innocent bystanders? IT, marketing, legal, facilities and so on. What role do they play in the engagement puzzle? None at all is what most companies used to think. However, now EE, or employee experience, is becoming more and more crucial to supporting business performance, there is a growing realisation that engagement is everyone's business. The role of IC. As outlined previously, when the topic of engagement rears its head at the table of the C-suite, there is often a knee-jerk reaction to this, which starts and ends with HR and internal communications. What's not in doubt is the importance of internal communications in the engagement puzzle. Internal communications makes a huge difference to the way employees perceive an organisation via the words and imagery used. If the words do not match the experience, this can result in the level of mistrust in leadership and in the organisation as a whole. Naturally, emails, intranet articles, videos, etc. should all be well written and engaging. But what's more important is that the words used resonate and are authentic. Referring to the reality of the business and what is happening on the ground should be paired with eloquent and engaging language, but also explain the business successes, priorities and challenges in a way that all employees can understand and make sense of. I have read a few times that the language level to be aspired to is that which a 15 or 16-year-old could understand. At first, this may seem a little unambitious, but when you consider this level carefully, it does make sense, as a 16-year-old who has been well-educated at least will be able to understand quite a bit. What you don't want to aim for is overly complicated language that may sound good and read well, but which is also difficult to access and creates an invisible barrier that prevents your audience from fully understanding what they've been told. 
Internal comms can also skillfully frame the communication of projects, initiatives and results in a way that joins up the dots to support employees in seeing the much-discussed golden thread that runs through or should run through everything that employees receive by way of communication. This encourages employees to engage with the content and to internalise it so each time they hear about all the latest business updates, the bells inside their heads go off and ultimately this makes it easier for internal communicators to get across the most salient points. So who else can influence engagement? We all know the crucial role that HR plays in engaging employees now more than ever. The overall employee experience primarily sits on the back of HR, who must ensure that from the first contact, setting up interviews, for example, to the last, exit interviews and handing in company equipment, etc., that the experience is a positive one that can weather any storm. There is now a consensus that employees cannot always feel positive about their work or the environment in which they work, as that would be unrealistic. What most companies are aiming for is a status or a level that errs on the positive side for the majority of employees' tenure, a 7 or 8 out of 10 if we want to go down the scorecard route. Organisations are now beginning to realise that all departments feed into the overall employee experience, so they must work together in unison to create an environment that's harmonious most of the time, and if it isn't, for disagreements to be solved in a respectful way that does not deter from the overall goals and objectives. When I look at how communication platforms like news platforms and collaboration tools are implemented, there can sometimes be a rub between the groups responsible. If it's owned by IT, like Office 365 typically would be, then how can they effectively partner with members of the internal comms team to ensure employees understand the tools and how to use them, or at the very least, a roadmap for the rollout? If health and safety training is needed because of new legislation, then how can the HNS team and compliance teams effectively partner with the internal comms and HR teams to ensure the training is deployed in a way that does not disrupt the flow of BAU, or business as usual, or does not eat up significant portions of employees' time. It's all about working together and agreeing how this working together can be achieved. Talking versus listening. To effectively communicate with another person or group of people, it is crucial to listen rather than just focus on being heard. More organisations are now beginning to understand the true power of not just listening, but listening properly, and listening respectfully without judgement. A difficult balance to achieve, especially when what you hear is critical of what you do or say but it's a must for meaningful communication to happen across organisations. The most common form of soliciting feedback, requests to listen, is the annual or biannual employee survey, which seeks to gather information about how employees perceive the company they work for, their managers and colleagues. 
It is often problematic, or at least has been in the past, because the feedback that was requested may not be acted on. Now, most companies will have an action planning sequence in place to ensure interventions do happen based on what employees have told them. However, what still persists is the lack of listening. Surveys are notoriously tricky to get right and questions are often misunderstood so that what employees think they are being asked is not what the organisation wishes to know. I believe that more companies need to spend a significant amount of time on the listening portion of the survey, but also to use other mechanisms to complement the survey. So, the onus is not solely on the annual survey. Focus groups, workshops, collaboration platforms can all deliver very useful insights to what employees are thinking and how they're feeling. There are now specific listening platforms and tools designed to enable an ongoing program of listening so that organisations are never out of touch with their employees or tone deaf. It takes time and consistency. There is no quick fix. But companies that do take the time and effort to listen will reap the rewards in the long term. Thank you for listening to this episode 14 of Engagement Express. For me, the biggest takeaways are that everyone's responsible for employee experience, from the employees themselves to the leadership team and all the departments in between. It's really critical that everyone works together in a harmonious way to ensure that the employee experience is a good one. Join me in two weeks for the next episode. Reach out to me and let me know what you think or if you'd like to work with me further at kataseche at wheretolookcoms.co.uk or via LinkedIn at kataseche. That's I-S-I-C-H-E-I. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And remember, opportunities to engage are everywhere. You just need to know where to look.